Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Yeah. yeah, Philly, Bird Gang, yeah, they got enemies, got a lot of enemies, everybody hating on that Bird Gang energy, they trying to take the wave that we on, check it and respect it bruh, sport and jump, ooh we, yeah we got that loud pipe, this that show, all Bird Gangs alike, Gail, E-Rock, Evan, the homie Mike Ain't no show keeping up in sight Good Yeah When you watching them birds play Thoughts go through your mind about some misplays Backstage politics Who's next on the trade block Tune in to 4th and John, get your answers, bruh If you be in the city, just know that we get busy Time there's a whole game tailgate We lit Cheering on them birds uh, Singing that fight song E-A-G-L-E-S We on, look We from Philly If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen. Want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green. The feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly, Eagles, fly, what it's about, bruh. I said it, look up. But I just got to know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you Welcome to the 2017 Week 14 edition of the 4th and John Podcast. Look guys, it's been a long time since we've had to march our sorry butts into this studio holding an L. Last time was Week 2 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks. They definitely brought their A game and wanted it more. We, however, the Philadelphia Eagles, did not. And I know Eagles fans aren't going to want to hear this. But I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy right now. Maybe it wasn't such a bad thing that the Seattle Seahawks cracked the Philadelphia Eagles in the mouth. Because let's be honest here. Let's face facts. They were feeling themselves. Right? We, We were feeling them too. Hell, we were enjoying it just as much as they were. But you can get away with sloppy play, poor play calling, conservative play calling, poor clock management, poor execution, overthrowing people, untimely penalties, untimely turnovers, and playing soft in the comfy confines of Lincoln Financial Field 
against the Bears, the Broncos, the 49ers, but you are not going to win like that on the road against quality playoff teams in the NFC like the Seattle Seahawks. Wake-up call, Philadelphia Eagles. This is your wake-up call. And listen, this team has character. We've been talking about it up and down for the last nine weeks, how much character that this team has. We've seen it. They've showed it. But character is not measured on how you behave when times were good, when you're steamrolling other teams, when, as Gail puts it, you're curb-stomping dudes, all right? Character is measured on how you react and respond to adversity, how you get off the mat after taking an L. This is going to be the ultimate test for the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, there's only what? You can count the remainder of the games on one hand. We're coming down the home stretch. This is the Kentucky Derby race to the finish. And right now, I misspoke on last week's intro, through digging through the tiebreakers, the Minnesota Vikings are having the number one seed. So the Eagles need to, in the next four games, figure out how tough they want this road to the Super Bowl to be. Do you want to, they're going to win the division. They're going to the playoffs. By proxy, they're going, to win, they're going to have a home playoff game. But do you want to really go on the road in the divisional round and the NFC Championship game if you so get there? Do you want the road to, the, to Minneapolis to go through Minneapolis? Man, that's an uphill battle. I'm not sure you're ready to do. And Justin put it on the whiteboard last week. That was an excellent point. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. But if you're able to take these teams and the road to Minneapolis goes through Philadelphia, you flip the script. And it's something that the Eagles are going to have to prove next week when Gail and I are out in Los Angeles. Speaking of Gail, he came in hot. He's wearing... Nice shirt, bro. Hey. Nice shirt. How you feeling today, Mr. Gail Saunders? Eagle Sessions on Twitter. You got good taste there, guy. I do. Uh, I'm I'm feeling... uh, Everybody's feeling a little somber in here, you know? Got that ass back. Uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, says Mike Tyson. M- Mike Tyson. Get uh, with the quotes. You know, uh, we got punched in the mouth, but we yeah. also shot, our, shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, we had opportunities. I mean, you go up to Seattle, of all places, that's where you, you put the you curb stomp Seattle in Seattle. That, that makes a big statement. They could have made a huge statement. They didn't. Uh, now we have to uh, handle all the trolls on uh, – Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, you, you got to hold your head up. I mean, I was a little disappointed in some fans out there. A lot of, a lot of fans out there, like, folding in the third quarter, giving up. Like, you know, if not everyone played fo- Like, I played football. You don't give up. It's fourth quarter. You put your hands up, show four fingers, and show, uh, show some heart, man. Uh, and I, I thought the Eagles had a, a good plan in the second half. The first half was uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was about. Uh, started a little slow. Um, and, the, and the Eagles, you never thought that they were out of it. I mean, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks brought their A game. Russell Wilson was just a magician. Phenomenal. I mean, ridiculous. You, you got to tip your hat to the guy. Yeah. He was making plays, curling back around, looking downfield, throwing off of his back foot, throwing on all sorts of weird positions. He was a magician sure. out there. He deserves all the credit from that game that he's got coming to him. You can take a look at the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, and they didn't play their best game. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks played their A game. Philadelphia Eagles played the what? B? C game? Mm-hmm. Tops? I was going to say C game. Yeah, C, C, C plus, C. man. So there's no moral victories, or at least so they say, in a loss. 
But we did you, did you really expect the Philadelphia Eagles to end the season 15 and 1? No. That's wishful I expect, thinking. I thought the, I thought they had a good opportunity to win that game though. You know. But you felt like they were in it until like halfway through the fourth and then I you just, realize okay, this is out of hand. I just had a gut feeling that we were going to be 1 and 1 in the West Coast. I'm, I'm some of the mistakes. I mean, they've been great in the red zone. That's that's yeah. been their thing. Uh, this is the first time all season that they've turned the ball over in the red zone. So that's huge. Uh, then success, they've been successful in the red zone. They were 0-2 this game. And then the opportunities that they had, you know, they fumbled the ball, and then they Alshon Jeffrey had that block, and they, they settled for a field goal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, missed opportunities. Uh, you definitely got to kick, kick uh, yourself in the fo- uh, foot on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gun, hold trigger, pointed foot, pull trigger, enjoy. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, and that, that's what that game was. Yeah, and then there's another thing out there. Uh, Doug Peterson's actually, he grew up like 100 miles from the stadium. Like he's, all his friends were there to see him. And I'm wondering if he, he, he was a little tight, a little too stiff, if he was uh, thinking, thinking, was it, too, thinking he, too much maybe. I think he was not that aggressive at all compared to what we see in the past games. He was aggressive almost right from the get-go yeah, beginning of the game. So just this game he I, wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. All right, my, and running our social media today is our friend, I Bleed Philly. Michael, how are you? Doing all right. I mean – we got to say, Russell Wilson pretty much had an MVP caliber game. Absolutely. I mean, there's now, especially out. after that, I mean, he's going to be in the running with the MVP. He's carrying the Seahawks. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, he didn't have an MVP game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Missing that pass on Aguilar. Couple. The, couple. <laughs> a couple of them. The second one, I mean, we were talking about before the show, E, that the second one really annoyed us because if he nailed that on the dime, Aguilar probably got a touchdown for that pass, too. Then the first pass, he just completely missed a wide-open Aguilar. A fumble on the end zone. I think Wentz was around quite a bit, guys. I mean, we were talking about earlier also that Wentz was also, like, getting uh, getting pretty much getting stone. We were used to stone-cold Wentz. We used to use stone-cold Wentz, and then... Bennett was really getting his head a little bit, guys. Yeah. He was taunting Wentz quite a lot. Yeah, he was up in his grill. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I think this is a lesson learning game. Refocus, regroup, and just whoop that ass against the Rams next week. I agree, 100%. You got you to prove it against the Rams. Now, uh, normally we have you call in. At the number that Mike always remembers, and I always forget, even on Twitter, two one five five one five two nine two four. However, you should get that tatted on you uh, while you go out on the West Coast. If they win the Super Bowl, I will. I will get that tatted. I will. I will get 215. that. I, I will get it tatted somewhere. <laughs> you heard it here yeah. first. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm getting the call-in number tatted on on like my ankle. So all I got to do is put my foot up, and I can just raise it up, yeah. and I'll, I'll know the number from here on in. Be a cool, Trent. Uh, the phones are not working today. <laughs> The phones are not, yep. Yeah, All right, that was fine. The, the, the phones are not working, so we cannot take your phone calls. However, we can take your Twitter and Twitter uh, questions. We can answer your tweets, all right? So go heavy on the Twitter questions because that's basically going to take the place of the phone calls today. Also, Mike, if you could do me a favor, throw up a Twitter poll. You could do that. Because this, this is something that I've been thinking on the way in. The answer for me is no. I'm not going to tell you why until we get to the results of the poll. But... The Twitter poll is going to be, does this loss to the Seattle Seahawks change your outlook on, this, on, the, on a potential Eagles Super Bowl run? Because we were, we, were, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. All the nine games. About, you know, we were using the SB word. Mm-hmm. Now, does this loss kind of cool you down? 
In other words, does this loss to the Seattle Seahawks change your outlook on the Super Bowl, on the Eagles' chances for Super Bowl, yes or no? I'll be curious to see the answers. Make sure you time it right so we can get the, uh, the appropriate response. Yep, yep. Working the soundboard today is a buddy, Evan Bubblegum here. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I, uh, I got to be honest. I got to uh, send a message out to the people of Philadelphia, all right? All right. The sky is not falling, okay? Okay, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, <laughs> remember that this team started 10-1, and 1, right? Like, they started 10-1. and 1. They were the best record in the—they had the best record in the NFL. They won nine games in a row. They can't—like like we said uh, before, they weren't going to go 15-1. and 1. It would have been awesome if they did, but it was a pipe dream. It's really hard for some teams to do, and there's a reason why not many NFL teams have been able to go 15-1, and 16-0. and 0. Um, admittedly, Carson Wentz had probably his worst game this season, as did Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug Peterson wasn't ready, prepared at all. He and, wasn't ready. And his uh, clock management was very Andy Reid-esque. Um, he also, uh, one thing I noticed, Big V was getting torched all game long. Mm. He had yeah. absolutely yep. no help sent two, to him whatsoever. Yep. And um, the one thing that gives me confidence going forward into other games is that the fact that how did Russell Wilson beat us? Think about it. He took, uh, what, what I saw a lot of the game was, he was taking 20-yard drop backs. Just, like, he would get the snap, yep. and he would just sprint right backwards. <laughs> and what he was doing was outrunning our D-line just enough time to be, able to, to be able to find a man downfield. Now, not everyone in the NFL, hardly anybody, Nobody. has Russell Wilson's Nobody. wheels, man. So, like, yeah, that's going to be a problem if we play Seattle again, but our D-line is going to be able to contain a slower quarterback. I mean, they see Jared Goff next to the like. Exactly, that guy's got, got a. They're gonna tear his ass up. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, you, when when you look at the quarterbacks that the Eagles have lost against. Yes. You talk about Alex Smith, a guy who can throw and can throw on the run and Mobile. scramble out of the pocket. You take a look at guys like Russell Wilson, who again, just a magician, right. just a magician out there. We're not making excuses today. Mm-hmm. We're tipping our caps no, to man. the Seattle Seahawks. And in, in the prime of his career, is that like what year five now? I mean, he, he looked like. Uh, Michael Vick and Madden, like back when, like yeah. if you used the Michael Vick and over yeah. Madden, like yeah. you were cheating. You can't use him, yeah. and that he's he's literally that in real life. I yes. mean, he, he was he was amazing. I, I I was so interested to see on how our defensive line would, like how they would do. Yeah. Um. I, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson has been that whole offensive unit. He's yeah. been their he's leading rusher. Team. I mean, look that that play. I mean, it was like third and long. He gets rushed out the pocket on the fly. He just pitches the ball like he, he's been mm-hmm. doing this. Like, like did they talk about this? Like, yeah, how, that was all improv. Like, man. I, I went to bed at night. I was like, did Mike Davis and fucking Russell Wilson talk about that? <laughs> like, that shit was bothering me all night. It went too smoothly, dude. And then, and then, then Coach Peterson not challenging it. I know it's tough. He doesn't the, get to see those angles. The, there's a lot it's of things. It's tough, man. The, the, there's a lot of things to point at in that loss against the Seattle Seahawks. They got outplayed. They got outcoached. They got out hard. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Seattle Seahawks just simply they just wanted it more. They just wanted it more that game. But I'll agree with you, Evan, that the sky is not falling. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you they you want to talk about a a, a twenty four to ten loss. One fumble out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's a whole right different there. ball game. And not only that, but one throw in stride to Nelson Aguilar, tie game. Ah. And so, if uh, Peterson kicks the field goal. And if Ke- mm-hmm. Peterson kicks the field goal. Now, you can argue. Some people thought 
Uh, in the beginning, they should have went for it at midfield. Some people thought a punt was a good idea. Some people thought that you know going for it was a good idea. Some people thought that you know kicking the kicking a field goal would have been a good idea. There was a lot of a lot of que- but in the end, you lost by fourteen points. And those fourteen points, you can look at two specific plays and say. You could have got seven here. You could have got seven there. It would have been a tie game. And then if you kick the field goal, which you know, you know he's able to do. Mm-hmm. You know he bangs them from long. And that Alshon hold was huge, though. And the Alshon, mm-hmm. you know, you can go back and look over it. But that's we got huge. beat, and that's yep. okay. You got beat. The sky is not falling. If you were to tell me at this point in the beginning of the season that the Philadelphia Eagles would be ten and two, regardless of who they beat or the record of the people that they beat. The teams Stat. that they beat, I would have signed up for it all day. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me that in uh, that they would have split on their West Coast trip, I would have signed up for that too. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I saw on Sunday night. I don't like the heart. I didn't like the coaching. I didn't like the quarterback play. I didn't like the use of the running backs. I didn't like the fact that they didn't take advantage of a broken up secondary. And that, uh, you know, in the... Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell is out there. In the first half, they called 19 runs and 13 passes. Now, you know me. I'm a guy who pounds the table for the run game. Pounds the table. You got to run the ball to set up the pass. You got to do... You got to run the rock. I preached it, preached it, preached it over and over and over again. But against the Seattle Seahawks, three quarters of the Legion of Boom are either on injured reserve or sitting on their ass. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did get 91 yards... Once they started running, I was like, finally, run the ball. Like in the, they, they had 91 yards in the first half. Uh, the, the thing that you were earlier talking about is, uh, you know, like uh, targeting Maxwell. I mean, like Alshon Jeffrey didn't have one target in the first half. And, 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 and Zach Ertz, yeah, only one yeah, they're target. They were, they were lighting between, Corey Smith up. Man. Between those two guys, and they only had one target. And not only were they uh, mostly throwing the ball to Torrey Smith, but they were—I feel like they were using—they utilizing them in the wrong way. Five-yard out. That's he's what the I'm saying. Threat. He's not exactly. I would, Gale. I would he's, a, he's a go route guy. Right. He's not a five-yard out guy. No, I don't understand. I would have so, slandered the fuck out of Maxwell all game. Muscled him out. He, yeah. You know he can't muscle up any big receivers. And sticking on uh, Torrey Smith, did you guys? Saw, you obviously saw the Carson fumble. You know where I'm going with this. You see him? Uh, he go for the block instead of the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't I don't want to kill him for that. I don't want to because that that is such. I an, looked at it. Uh, <laughs> like, Gail's gonna kill him for it. No, I'm not gonna kill him for it. I was just like, but I remember him going for to, it. I was like, what? Just go. You have to be aware of the situation. But the situation happened so quick. I can imagine that the first thought in his mind was to the guy nearest to the ball. Like you got receivers Keep behind. It. It. Keep him away from it. And then maybe the guy behind you will grab it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's such a, it's such a bang bang reaction. You got literally a, a hundredth of a second yeah. Yeah. to I mean, complete a full thought on a on a play that doesn't happen often. Yeah, that's not something. Maybe in Tory Smith's com- entire from Pee Wee on to high school on to college on to the pros, that's maybe happened twice in his life. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't there the screenplay where he uh, the ball went behind them and he'd run after? Remember that earlier in the season, and we were all talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's situational awareness. Yeah. So I mean, it's just two times. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna harp on him. And, uh, and Carson's got to get in. Carson's got to get in on that. I mean, another thing was Jim Schwartz. We're talk we'll talk about defense for a sec. Jim Schwartz. There were some questionable calls, like the one that they did zero blitz. I believe it was third down and long, and then Russell Wilson just dropped back, chugged <sighs> it down the field, got, gave it the ball, went for a touchdown. Yeah, Ryan McLeod was got completely burnt yeah. on that play. There were some questionable calls from Jim Schwartz as well. So I, I really wanted around. him to blitz like a like in a nickel situation. Yes, nickel yeah. cornerback 
on the like left side and like have him play zone on the mm-hmm. other side just mm-hmm. to see what it would do like show some more exotic looks i've seen a couple times where they had uh they, they had the wide nine they had him collapsed in and then they had bradham coming up the middle mm-hmm. but he was a little bit late and he had a poor angle and then he's Russell Wilson still got outside. I was like, fuck, this motherfucker's going to kill us all game if they can't get him this way. Um, but, He's I mean, he, he was up. making some great plays. And then then we got uh, – they had McKissick, who's a former um, wide receiver. They converted uh, to running back. Mm-hmm. They moved him out. They they must have watched that Theo Riddick tape on uh, Kendricks. They exposed you, – you can expose Kendricks out wide, man. Like, he, mm-hmm. he will always bite the, <laughs> the inside move. <laughs> Always, you can look. You can look at the uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Theo Riddick did it to him like two times. Uh, so that's something to think about. Um, teams might th- might expose that. So, and not only did they get outplayed. I mean, Carson Wentz clearly didn't have his best game from an accuracy accuracy standpoint. 100%. Although I'll say Carson, he's got a little bit four in him. He's got a little bit of. Four. I, I saw a little Brett. So a little Brett Favre uh, in it. I know what you're right. talking about. You, you, did you see that? Yeah. That little scramble out of the pocket hey, and then flip it uh-huh. and then flip it. Uh-huh. And, and then all of a sudden your butthole gets tight real quick. You're like, don't! And then you're like, do! And then he goes and gets a, the, the first down. And then that play where he was rolling out, getting tackled, Falling just over. launches it down the field. 51 yards, I think it was. Dude, that, that was an amazing play. Arm talent. But, yeah. we're, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't look at this loss. And look at a couple of amazing plays and ignore all the negative facts, including the fact that Doug Peterson just flat out got coached. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you take a look at the way the Seattle Seahawks attacked the Philadelphia Eagles defense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, quick passes, a lot of rub plays. All right. So if you quick passes, rub plays, not only you're nullifying the defensive line and those blitz that Bradham was a little late on. Mm-hmm. But now you're creating space on some pretty good corners because you're just running through traffic. That one touchdown pass at the goal line. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even a rub play. That wasn't even a pick play. That was just simply, I think it was Baldwin going through traffic. You can't compress that amount of bodies in that amount of space and not have dudes running into each other. The offense knows where they want to go. The defense is guessing. And while the defense is guessing, they're banging into each other. And Baldwin is a solid route runner. Like He's one of those guys that like quick twitch. Uh, and and then him and Russell Wilson, th- those, you know, they're right in each other's head. You they're know, a good mean? dynamic. Like they yeah. they come in come into this room and wear the same T shirt like me and he, you know, <laughs> they know what the other person's gonna do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love Doug Baldwin. He, I, not not this not past this past week, but I, I love the way Doug Baldwin plays. Though it was a loss, you got beat <laughs> pretty much in all phases of the we game. Did. You didn't play your A game. They did, and despite getting beat. And despite playing poorly, and despite the mistakes, and the out-coaching, you still were in the game. Mm-hmm. You didn't get your ass kicked. Like that's, a good, be- that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good sign. What we need is a better sign. Because now, you take a look at the playoff picture, and ooh, things have changed a little bit. Things have changed a little bit. Number one seed now belongs to the Minnesota Vikings. The road to Minneapolis goes through Minneapolis. That is a scary thought. If you think of that Vikings team... And I'll shit on Case Keenum all day, but he is having an outstanding year. Yeah, um, can't that, deny nine in a row. He, he, yeah, and he, the thought of going to Minnesota to play in an NFC Championship game where that team, where that fan base is going to be throffing because they know in two weeks they're playing to have, they might not a be at the game, but a home, another home That'd game. Be nuts. How much of, of that is an advantage for the home team? To go into the Super Bowl and go right to the fucking lockers. Yeah. 
the familiarity with the freaking with the, with, with the locker room, with everything that's going on. The moment's going to be less big because they're home. You know what I mean? Number one seed would belong to the Vikings. They get a bye. Number two, your uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They get a bye. Number three seed, the Rams, who we play upcoming. Fourth seed would be the Saints. Fifth seed would be the Seahawks. Sixth seed would be the Panthers. Looking from the outside in, you've got the Falcons, who did us absolutely no fucking favors. Thank you very much. <laughs> you got the Lions, the Fuck Packers, the and the Cowboys. Before I get back into the top six, there's one team in there that, uh, that I do not want to see in the playoffs, whether it be home or away, and that is the Packers. We need them to continue to lose games. We need Aaron Rodgers to start playing some. Uh-huh. He, I got a feeling he's coming back regardless. He is. They said week 15 yeah. is the goal that he's yeah. coming back. He's on my fantasy roster <laughs> sitting on the IR. You know who you're playing? I know, uh, you. Yeah. Stingray. Yeah. NJ Stingray All-Stars, man. I do not want to see the Packers. They need to continue to lose, in, uh, lose games. I don't, I don't want to see them at Lincoln Financial Field yeah, I don't at see all. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. At all. So uh, to sum it up, the Rams would play the Panthers and the Saints would play the Seahawks. Now, our road for the rest of the season, you got the Rams. It's going to be a tough team. It's going to be a home game. We're going out there. We'll touch on it. Then you've got uh, the New York Giants at home. Bad team. Banged up team. However, maybe playing some inspired football. That's how you know? prove. Eli Manning's coming back. McAdoo. I mean, can you imagine what it's like at the New York Giants training complex the day McAdoo and, and Jerry Reese were fired? They must have been popping champagne <laughs> and throwing dilly dilly, dilly dilly to the pit of misery with you. Dilly, yeah. you, you, you know our good friend Cop Pizzle was really happy. Did you guys see his YouTube video? You know what? Every time I tried to pull it up, it wouldn't it wouldn't load for some reason. Really? I've, I've been waiting to he, see it. He was going apeshit, man. He really was. He just kept bribing that. He wanted McAdoo do shit out. Yo, pouch. <laughs> Yo, when he got fired, like people, because I work right in the middle of, uh, right, right in the middle of Times Square uh, in Manhattan. Were so, they throwing confetti out the windows? Yeah, like people, <laughs> the war is over. <laughs> people were like, we won the war. Like people were running around the office, like you know, everyone knows I'm an Eagle fan. Like, yeah, McAdoo's gone. Now we're coming back. I'm like, all right, dude, dude, relax. You're like, got two wins here. Yeah. But I'm happy for you. <laughs> okay. that, does, that doesn't mean that New York Giants, you can take them lightly, especially in their house, maybe possibly playing some inspired football, considering that it might be Eli Manning's last year with the team. True. Definitely. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. If McAdoo was still there and Jerry Reese was still there, that would definitely be Eli Manning's last year. Finish him! I don't know if, uh, I don't know if those fences can be mended, but certainly firing Ben McAdoo, I'm going to miss him. He was he, he was fucking Twitter gold. Yeah, just, just go find him I at think, your local. I, I, think, he, I think he actually changed his man. like personal style once he was like killing him on uh, Twitter. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Like, uh, okay, so Monday I had a uh, I had a live hit with uh, Good Day Philadelphia on Fox Twenty Nine. Lot of mercy. Uh, earlier today, I was back on the Seven Hundred Level show, and they always post up a call. I never know what tweets they're going to pull, but they always like get a good chuckle out of some of the tweets I post. Both of them, whether it was Ben McAdoo swiping his card and getting denied, or the fact that Ben McAdoo, Hugh Jackson, and Adam Gase were all fired, should be fired, probably going to be fired at some point, mm-hmm. and then uh, Doug Peterson and Tennant too. It's just funny, like you lose all that Twitter material now. 
All those I, I still got Ben McAdoo looks like the kind of guy joke saved in my draft that I never got to use. <laughs> it like it goes to waste now. Just email it straight to him. Get his email. Yeah. Just that one to drop this. That's on like it. the White House like firing Sean Spicer. That was fucking comedy gold yeah. for all those late yeah. night talk shows. And now we don't get McAdoo? Oh, come on. His, I can't make fun of Spags. <laughs> his transfer, transformation photos look hilarious. It looks like he, like when you like leave your white barber for a black barber. <laughs> He's all lined up, the beard's tight, uh, different shades. He had like Harry Potter glasses on before and like feathered back. Speak, speaking of, uh, of, of tight lines and, and, and shaving. Oh, can we shave the beards? I, I, I would be a complete hypocrite if I said that you guys can't shave it. In the beginning, and I can't remember whether it was in group chat or here on this podcast, I, I remember saying, like, listen, if there's TV appearances, I'm not going out there. So you're you know, going look, shirtless look, right now. Look at, no, absolutely. That was the not, fucking not, deal, bro. Not, not on YouTube Live. <laughs> not on YouTube Live. That's the fucking deal, bro. If, we, if, we do, if I got to do this show fucking shirtless, first of all, I'm going to be shivering over here like a goddamn chihuahua because <laughs> I, I, am, I am not built for this kind of weather. Second of all, all cell phones are going to have to go in a basket because, and you don't want to look at this. You don't want to look at this all show. It so, doesn't matter! So, so you know, Mike, if you want to shave the, uh, the the Captain Jack Sparrow yeah, thing you're going over there. Did, you, did your family it. get upset at Thanksgiving about you? You were talking about, uh, everyone yeah. was talking about his grandfather. Pa- Papa, Papa Hearn was not too happy with, the, with the, the beard. beard. Although, the rest of my family was just shitting on me, apparently, before I walk in the door. <laughs> wow. I get wow. up. Because uh, my grandfather, the first thing he says to me is, oh, it's not that bad. Everyone's saying, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it's a, like he's got a groundhog wrapped around his a, chin. That's a Wolverine beard. That's it a is, nice man. one, dude. It is, but it, I... I just want to clarify. I heard all this correctly. I can take this motherfucker off. <laughs> we can take it off. Yeah. All right. All At right. first, we might have to take one last picture. <laughs> At first, we might have to take one last picture so I can like Photoshop you on a box of Lucky Charms yeah. or, or, or something like that. If there's any listeners out there with a uh, unused machete that they don't have, maybe they could lend to me so I can fucking take this thing uh, off. Yeah, hey, I can bring in some clippers next show. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't see That's how. That's right. You used to do the bob yeah. thing. Shave it. Yeah. It's going to be a bigger job than just a regular trade. <laughs> you got a lot going on. You're going to need a weed whacker. All right, getting getting to the point that that I was trying to make. Uh, the last four games, uh, Los Angeles Ram, tough game. New York, at New York Giants, don't sleep on them. You should beat them. You're going to beat them, but don't sleep on them. They're going to be be playing some inspired football. You got Oakland at home on uh, Thanksgiving, and then New Year's Eve you got Dallas. Realistically, you should win out. Yeah, you should win out. You should you should. You better. should. You better. If we lose, uh, I'm saying, if we lose against these Rams, then I'm going to be pretty much yeah. worried. Like, I mean, I'm going to be panicking. This, yeah. this Ram game is, is super imperative. I mean, if you if you don't win this game, because you you got to look at the strength of victory wins. Uh, right now, we're at 375. Uh, behind us, the Rams are at 407. New Orleans is at 472. Seattle is at 385. I know Minnesota is like 415 or something like that. Well, yeah, well, Minnesota is 467. We're going to break it down. Minnesota is 467 right yep. now, so you've got to win this next game. Yeah, and it's, it's, got to. it's not just the standing aspect of it. Yeah, the, the other aspect is the team morale aspect. Right. Like, this team has I mean, been it's, rolling. It's a huge, this you is know what a huge I mean? this, game. This team dude. has been rolling, and they, mm-hmm. they've, they've built up this confidence in themselves that they are a Super Bowl-caliber team. If you take a shot from two Super Bowl-caliber teams and you go down uh, in consecutive weeks, that'll really hurt the psyche of the team. You know what I mean? They're going to start to second-guess themselves. Like, are we really as good as we thought, or is the, all the noise true? Like, are we just beating the Chargers and Bears and shit like that? 
There was a question of peaking too early. You know, that, yeah. that, that was something that, you know, people or critics, all right, all right, are, we, are, we, are the Eagles, not only haven't they played anybody good, are they peaking too early? Going back to the intro, maybe a loss wasn't such a bad thing in the fact that it refocuses this team. Mm-hmm. But also, too, you reset the peak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You hit the reset button on that. And people are talking about the Chiefs, uh, 5-0 and at one point in the season. Oh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They just lost to the Jets last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've been lost, tails lost like six straight. Yeah. They're um, six out of the last seven, I believe. Yeah, they're yeah. six and six right I mean, now. Yep. But they're, you know, looking across the, uh, the NFL, you know, other teams that are 10 and two and, you know, the pinnacle, like the Patriots, yeah. are also 10 and two, who have also lost to the Chiefs, and they've also lost to the Panthers. Uh, we have lost to the Chiefs, and we lost to now Seattle. Uh, but you don't, you know, mm-hmm. no, no one's like losing their shit up in New England because right. they lost. Two games. People seem to forget that we, like, all right, we lost the game, but we were fucking rolling teams a few weeks ago. Yeah. It was, like, it, it, the, like, the point the differential wasn't it's even a, yeah. close, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, why I'm saying don't panic is if we're beating teams, regardless of how good they are, by 28-28, 28-23, you know. I mean, you just got to regroup. I mean, look, go back to 2015 when we had Chip Kelly and – they bro- broke out those 53 Angry Men shirts, yeah. and we went up to New England. The 53 Basic Bitches. <laughs> 53 Basic Bitches. Wow, how far we've come. Right? <laughs> and they, they go up there and fucking beat New England Patriots. New England Patriots go on a run in the uh, playoffs, make it to the uh, divisional uh, the, the uh, AFC Championship, they end up losing to the Broncos, who won the, the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, I mean, one loss is not going to define your season. It's just a, how, how you move forward. Mm-hmm. How do you guys regroup? How do you bounce back? Exactly. And, and listen, a lot, a lot can change from now until the end of the season. A, a, a lot changed from last when we were sitting here last week to now. I mean, you, you lost home field advantage throughout. You still got a first round bye. You're still the second seed. You're still in the hunt and everything. But a lot can change. We heard Doug Peterson in his post-game rah-rah speeches talk over and over and over again. It was almost cookie-cutter. What do we say? We wanted to be 10-1 when we got off that field. What are we, we right now? those doors. Now you're 10-1. Yeah, yeah, now you're 10-1. All right. We said this week we wanted to be 12-1. <laughs> you know, you know going, going over, over and over and over again. It was almost cookie-cutter. That's why Doug needs and, – and this team – you know, you preach that over and over again, and you keep steamrolling teams. Sometimes that message is lost a little bit because, again, you're smelling yourself. It's like an E-Rock intro. <laughs> the, explain. <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Elaborate. Uh, I'm just saying that we got a new sound on this board from Brandon that was pretty <laughs> spot on. It was pretty spot on. We, we had the uh, – last week we had the E-Rock intro competition. We did. I think I killed it personally. I hate to bring uh, it. I think I pretty much nailed it. <laughs> what doing what the in the entire E-Rock. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the black preacher E-Rock version? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Bad Albert version? We're, we're going to get to Brennan's audio because it was... It was, uh, it was comedy gold. It, it was strange. We were looking at... It was like me looking at a mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a thespian by trade, all right? He right. is an actor. So he what he does is... We're going to get into it. Let me make this last freaking point on the playoffs. All right, so looking at our schedule, I mean, we should win out. We should. Doesn't mean we're going to, but we should. Those are winnable games, especially next week. Even though it's a good team, going to be a freaking home game. We'll get into that, too. You take a look at the Vikings' remaining schedule Mm. at Carolina versus Cincinnati at Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers returning. 
and then versus Chicago. You know, they they might win a they might lose a couple of those. Mm-hmm. You take a look at the Rams remaining schedule versus Philadelphia at Seattle, at a surprising eight win Tennessee Titans team. Mm. And then versus San Francisco. They could lose a couple of those games easily. The Seattle Seahawks already beat them. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles beat them too. All of a sudden, now they're down two games in the cup. Co- well, well, things change. The New Orleans Saints at Atlanta versus a New York Jets team, right? At uh, versus Atlanta. That's weird to have like Atlanta uh, two uh, two out of the f- three weeks. At Atlanta versus New York Giants versus Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers are miserable. They could lose a couple of those. Seahawks. At Jacksonville, that's a tough one. That defense is yeah, dude, dude, mm-hmm. dude. Jacksonville is quietly being like, and nobody's talking about them nah. obviously because mm-hmm. they're down in Jacksonville and they don't get any media coverage. Yeah, yeah the defense. But shit, shit. Jalen Ramsey and crew. They are they are nasty. But they ain't got no quarterback. Yeah. Seahawks are at Jacksonville versus the Rams at Dallas versus Arizona. I could lose a couple of those. You look at the Panthers versus Minnesota. Versus Green Bay. Jesus, that's brutal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won't be back for that game, but still. Versus Tampa Bay and then at Atlanta. Mm. They could lose a couple of those games. Definitely. So a lot's going to change from right now to the end of the season. Going back to what you said, Evan, earlier in the show, the sky is not falling, not only for the Philadelphia Eagles, but take a look at the rest of the teams in the NFC that we're going to be competing against for seeding in the playoffs. Their road ain't fucking easy. Yeah. Ours is the easiest out of all. Ours is the easiest. So we're at we're, we're out of excuses, right? You know, what I mean, you don't you don't you don't gain that top seed back, gain home field advantage throughout and the road to Minneapolis goes through Philadelphia, dude. You're you're you were kind of out of excuses. A lot can change, and then once you get to the playoffs, listen, there's no guarantee you're winning those games. That's that's what makes football so great. We can sit here and say that the Kansas City Chiefs through the first five weeks, ah, oh, the Super Bowl bound. Yeah. What's going on with the Patriots? Alex Smith was going to be an MVP. Well, you know, we can we can say this. We can say, oh, the, the, the Eagle. It can change in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. So going back to that Doug Peterson one game at a time, refocus on that. because All that right. uh, let's regroup here. Let's it, regroup. Exactly, oh. Doug. <laughs> let's regroup. Uh, going back to Brennan's audio. Yes. Uh, we did Gold. Have, we did have the contest about who could do the best E-Rock impression. We did the uh, everybody in here, including Trox, who's uh, working YouTube right now. Uh, we had them do it. Uh, Trox might have been the best way. Either split between Trox or Evan. All right, fair and, uh, Justin did a pretty uh, serviceable job. But uh, Brennan knocked it completely out of the park. Listen to this. What's up? This is longer. He held that note longer. Philadelphia, we Rasping everything. are live, coming to you from the beautiful new media studios right outside of Philadelphia. Welcome to the 2017 Week 14 edition of Fourth and John. Boys and girls. They even got the boys <laughs> and girls. Like the Eagles. They even they got had the boys a rough and girls. Last week, they didn't really do exactly what they thought they were gonna do. They <laughs> lost the game. 
to the Seattle Seahawks. But you know what? Jesus Christ. I'm not that worried. Because you know what your boy E-Rock said? He said, (laughs) we're probably going to lose a game on this West Coast trip. I said that a couple weeks ago, but I'm still not concerned because as of right now, we are still very much in contention for that number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Now I'm going to throw it to my man, Gail Saunders, Mr. Eagle Sessions. Gail, how's it going? (laughs) That was pretty good. No, I'm uh, a little... Kind of fucking bad right now. <laughs> I'm with it, but you know I'm still pretty fucking excited about 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 this game. You did get All right, oh. and now we're also gonna throw to Mr. Mike. He's gonna do Mike. Skill. <laughs> How about them cow? Fuck, they they won. Yeah, I love it. Yo, Brandon nailed it. We're gonna leave that open for like one more week. We're gonna leave that one. And, and but, but man. Did he nail it? You were going to have to do, like, a phenomenal job. He had the ki- – like, I can appre- – I, I appreciate – The inflection of your voice and everything, oh, man. Listen, I, I appreciate a good impression. I like to do a, a lot of impressions. And, and what you have to nail down is the cadence of the speech, mm-hmm. and he nailed the cadence of my speech. Mm-hmm. You have to nail the inflection in the voice. The pacing. The pacing, the rasp. He got, <laughs> he got, he got, he got that in there. He did, man. And I got to be honest – a little jealous. He fucking held that first note he did. He longer than it. I did. Yeah. I, I got a little uh, little length envy right now. <laughs> oh, Not only do I got beard envy, I got length envy. Need some extends. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to leave that rolling for one more week. If you can do a better impression of my intro uh, than Brennan, uh, winner is going to get a 4th and John t-shirt sent to them, courtesy of yours truly. Speaking of t-shirts... It is the most, most frustrating thing in the world. We showed it on YouTube earlier prior to us going on air. I have the 2017 4th and John NFC East, like Eagles t-shirt, ready to go. Mm-hmm. I've uploaded it prior to the last, well, well the, the, the Dallas Cowboys versus Redskins game. I had it uploaded, had to fucking delete it. <laughs> and then I had it uploaded right before the Sunday night game, had to fucking delete it. It's only a matter of time, but that that shirt will be available for purchase. (laughs) Hopefully, I'll get around to it like when I'm in L.A. and we're partying it up. And I wait till after the game. Wait till yeah. You know what? Maybe that. Maybe Maybe that's it. There's no such thing as sports jinxes. Fucking jinx. Put him in the bathroom. Oh, don't put me in the bathroom. (laughs) I, I I did not mush it. I did not mush it. Speaking of the L.A. trip, dude, we're going out there with Green Legion. I'm gonna be flying in on Thursday. Just to give you a rundown of the details of the festivities going out there, because I'm getting a lot of questions, where are you going to be at, what you're doing, so on and so forth. Thursday night, completely free. Friday, um, Delia, who, Gail, you finally remember, because yep. kind of, th- that was kind of the genesis of 4th and John. Yeah. We're doing those Google handouts. That's how we all got started. That's how we all got started. It's a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls, Full circle. allow me to tell you a story ah, yes. of, 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 of how this little podcast was first born. Delia who you might remember from the Eagles Twitter Awards a couple years back, uh, she would do like live streams on YouTube. And she had a, a Google Hangout sort of podcast on YouTube that featured her, me, and some other dude. I, f- I forget his name. I don't know who he was. But he got a new job where he was working nights and couldn't do it. And Delia was like, do you know a guy? I'm like, do I know a guy? 
I know a guy wearing the same T-shirt as I am right now, right? <laughs> and we brought and we brought Gail in, and we were like, you know, we got we got a little bit of a chemistry thing yeah. going here. This could, this could turn into something, and that was the genesis of Fourth and John. On Friday at noon, we're meeting up at YouTube Studios in Los Angeles to do a massive collaboration project. What it is, I don't know. We don't have anything planned, but it's going to be a way for fans, the Eagles fans, to kind of hang out all in one room. Uh, we're going to brainstorm some ideas to get you guys on camera, feature you guys, and also party it up with some West Coast Eagles fans who we normally don't get to see. I hope to see yeah, Darius I, out there. I'm excited to see the West Coast Eagle fans. I mean, you see a lot of them that have been tweeting stuff to us mm-hmm. and just being crazy Eagle fans. I mean, they're not even here, but they they bring that level of intensity mm-hmm. all the way on the West Coast. But they got their own little flavor to it, too, so it's, it's dope to see. Oh, you're ruining my surprise, man. Added to the roster this week. You might have seen it on Twitter. Maybe you didn't. Mr. Gail Saunders is oh, going to be oh, going to be with hey. us in Los oh, Angeles. He's hey. going to be out there partying with us. Oh. He will be there at YouTube Studios on Friday, uh, partying it up. From there, there's a massive pep rally for the Green Legion uh, Saturday night. Uh, I know the team is involved. Don Smolinski. Uh, Dave Spadaro, Swoop will be there as well as a couple Eagles alumni will be partying with us. I have to imagine it would be the individuals who travel with the team. So probably Mike Quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll probably talk about Harold Carmichael. Carmichael. Maybe an appearance by Man, Doug Peterson. Maybe a drum drum team's not coming out there. No drum team's not. Pops coming not out. coming. They're, they're not fitting that bill. <laughs> nah, 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 they're not. Right. My Dukes is going to be out there. Whoa! I'm traveling with my Dukes. All right, that's dope. Listen, Green Legion hooked me up for the with, with the with the trip. I was like, uh, now I got to fly out there. Hey, Ma. You got the points. <laughs> you want to come with, huh? So I got, I ain't got to play for nothing. Good move. Good. Listen, it's smart. Yeah. You can't, you can't blame me for trying to save a, a couple bucks out there. Uh, so pep rally on Friday night. You have to get tickets through the Green Legion. Uh, Sunday is when it really kicks off. We have rented, or Green Legion rather, has rented festival, uh, festival pier. That's a Santa Monica Pier. Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Not a mercy. Historic Santa Monica Pier. The end of Route 66. You've seen it in the postcards. It is absolutely gorgeous. I was there last week, uh, last year, when I got swindled out of eighty dollars by the guys in the green coats for trying to get my uh, medical marijuana. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was that was me. That was a rookie and, move, man. That was a, that was a real rookie move. I'm smarter now, though. You're, you're, you're smarter than that. I'm a seasoned Santa Monica yeah. vet now. <laughs> So I'm going to be DJing. The WIP morning show is going to be out there. Hollis Thomas is going to be out there. In-N-Out Burger, a bunch of food trucks. It's going to be an amazing time. We rented out the Ferris wheel. And then, of course, the game. Now, uh, that's the rundown for the festivities in St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Smoke yeah. weed every day. <laughs> that, that's what you get for getting your medical <laughs> marijuana card right out there. We're all high in here. You know, you know what the weird part is? Uh, to- totally off topic. I was swimming with the 700 level, as I previously mentioned. Who the fuck is Mike McVay? The coach? Sean, is, that's Sean McVay. I know, it? but who the fuck is Mike McVay? Because I've been saying on this podcast for the longest time, Mike McVay. And, 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 and I'm so convinced that there's somebody out there. Because I kept saying it on the show. And we, had, we would have to take another take. No, you said Mike McVeigh again. You said Mike. No, it's Sean McVeigh. You're, you're right. It's Sean McVeigh. Yeah. But I'm wondering, is, was there some other coach that I'm thinking about that maybe was formerly with the Eagles? Why the fuck do I keep saying Mike McVeigh? Does anybody know? Uh, it doesn't matter! It doesn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Those are the festivities. Okay. Moving on. Uh, those are the festivities in L.A., not St. Louis. But how do you beat these Rams? How do you beat 
these Rams, Gail? Uh, these Rams, I mean, uh, you know, everyone knows this. they have a good defense, uh, and they're good against the pass, but people don't realize that they're struggling against the run, and that's where, you know, we can run the rock in Philly. Let's hope we can run the rock on the West Coast. I think, uh, you know, another, another thing with their offense, and that, you know, Draft Twitter, a lot of you know football heads are excited about McVay and what he does with his his offense. Mm -hmm. So basically, he lines up his offense. They get them all like it's almost like a no huddle thing. They get up there on the line, and at the last minute, he moves somebody in motion, and then in the in the headset, McVay calls an audible. So McVay is out there actually calling the plays for golf. Mid, uh, like, with 10 seconds left on the clock, he's changing the play once he moves the guy in motion. And they do that basically the whole game. So, obviously, they have to, you know, they have to shut that down. Um, you know, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Donald, a lot of people talk about Aaron Donald. He's mm-hmm. like a, a Fletcher Cox, but even more disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, a fast dude, runs about a 4-6-ish for a D tackle. Damn. Uh, so, uh, Wisniewski having problems Last 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 game, uh-huh. uh, that's going to be huge. Do you think they double him up? They're going to have to do something because uh, you know we got pressured the most last last a week against the Seahawks, and we got to we got to do something. Eric Aaron McDonald's going to do some damage, but I think we run the ball. We run the ball down their throats. This is the Jays game. Yeah, I, I believe the, the Ajayi game. I was I saying this so. last. I was saying this at Seahawks too. It w- should have been Ajayi's game, in my opinion. W- and it was working in the first half with Ajayi. Then we just completely stopped with him. When we first got Ajayi, when did you guys expect for him to be fully integrated into the offense? Because I got to be honest with you, I expected it to happen already, and I, I feel th- like he's not being used enough. About three weeks. I mean, he's got. Yeah, he really I, has I to get about three weeks. He has to really get uh, involved in the passing game, and it's not just him running the block. Blocking it's well. blocking because yeah. you look at one of the sacks that was given up last week against the Seahawks that was on a missed block from Ajayi. Mm-hmm. So blocking is a huge part of being on the field on third down. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, but you still got to incorporate some some Ajayi in there, man. Yeah. Like, he, he's a guy that can create, and I think against a, a, a good defense like this, you got to have a, a guy that can create. Yeah. Last week against the Seattle Seahawks, when I, when I see a team with a winning record, I take a look at their losses, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't got time to break down tape and all that, but I like to look at the numbers of the losses and see if I can find a common theme. Why did they lose this game? What in the numbers? If you lay out the chicken bones, what you know? What what does that what does that say to you? Is there is there a common thread through all of these losses? And against the Seattle Seahawks, despite how deep I dug, I couldn't find one. Russell Wilson would have a good game. He would have a bad game. Sometimes the running back would go off. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes Doug Baldwin had over 100 yards. Sometimes he didn't. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Los Angeles Rams, a little bit different. When they lost against the Vikings, they held Jared Goff to 225 yards and no touchdowns on 37 passing attempts, slinging that rock. More importantly, they held Todd Gurley to 37 yards on the ground and 19 yards receiving. The Minnesota Vikings had 171 yards rushing on 35 rush plays. Now, this wasn't a game where the the Rams only had one turnover. They were penalized eight times, but it was for minimal yards. It was like like little ticky-tack false start calls. It wasn't any, like, giant uh, big big, uh, big penalties against them. And he was sacked only twice. So this wasn't a game where necessarily that the Rams shot themselves in the foot. The Vikings won 24-7, to quite frankly, because 
They shut down the run game, and they forced Jared Goff to run the rock. More importantly, they, they bullied them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They bullied, the Vikings bullied Twisted the Rams. their arm into one Exactly. Yep. When the Vikings played Seattle, Goff was held to 288 yards. Not bad. On 47 attempts. Uh, That's a lot of attempts. No touchdowns, two interceptions. Gurley had 43 yards and seven yards receiving. Uh, the Rams gave up five turnovers, so this is you know they 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 did some shooting themselves in the foot. But the Seattle Seahawks forced those turnovers. They only had uh, the the Rams only had five penalties, only sacked twice. So it wasn't like they were getting after the quarterback. It wasn't at, like the Rams were just committing a lot of penalties. Again, the Seattle Seahawks imposed their way. They bullied them. Yep. Uh, they also lost to the Redskins. I don't want to get in. We beat the Redskins twice, so that's almost. I don't want to get into that Fuck game. Em. But what you saw against the Seattle Seahawks is the Eagles did not bully them. They played soft. They played like they didn't want to. They played not, not to, to lose. lose. And if you play not to lose, you end up losing. Who's switching the Geico? What, what, is, what is that audio I'm hearing? Who's got a commercial? Some fucking black guy. <laughs> I don't know his name. All of a sudden, I got switching the Geico. <laughs> So this is what the, it's going to be a gut check time. Not only is it a, a, it a respond game that's going to test your character, but can you oppose your will like those other good NFC teams did against those Rams to pull out a victory in Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, I mean th- when you say oppose your will, I, I really think it's you really got to run on them. And, and last last week against the Cardinals, some people don't even know the guy's name. His name's Kerwin Williams. On both ends, man. Jesus. Jesus. It's Geico fucking calling. Uh, I mean, Colonel Williams uh, for the Cardinals put 97 yards up on this team. That's a lot. That's a lot of rushing yards right there. I mean, if you if you can run on them, uh, like it's it's all about opposing your your will. Like the last couple weeks, that's what we've been doing. You get back to doing that Mm -hmm. and start dictating to other teams what you're gonna do. It's a whole different ball game. I think it just got to make golf uncomfortable the whole game. That, that's oh, pretty much how yeah. I'm looking at this point. I mean, he's a pocket passer. He's not going to be a Russell Wilson, what we had to deal with last week. He's going to be a pocket passer. He does a run around. Mm-hmm. If you make him uncomfortable and then you stop the run game, which we pretty much been doing this whole season, I don't see how we come up with the loss in this. I, I really don't. I agree. We, we've been able to stop. No matter what running back comes in or that we put, go up against, we've been able to stop we went up against Jordan Howard, and we were able to hold him to six yards. I think if the Eagles are able to just, like, focus on taking Gurley out of the game. It's amazing gonna, what happens when you take him out. If you take Gurley mm-hmm. out of the game, then you're able to isolate. You're able to contain Jared Goff because, like I said, he doesn't have the wheels that Russell Wilson does. Mm-hmm. So that, then you make it. You make uh, Robert Woods is going to be out, right? Yeah, he's, he's on the fence. He's on the fence. The, realistically, next week probably he'll, he'll mm-hmm. be back. But. So you're, you're, you're forcing – what you want to do is force Jared Goff to make throws. And let me – ask you guys a question real quick um if you had to give a letter grade to Carson Wentz on uh last week's game what would you give C plus I was gonna say C minus I mean the first half it was a real struggle he was struggling and then he look at his stats what he did in second half he exploded that's why his stats came up he had right. over 300 yards he had he went 2945 with an 86.2 rating that one interception though came off of just a junk ball at the end it was it was, it was like just a try the, the, really. yeah, it, was, it was just a, a last second uh throw into the end zone the yeah. point I'm trying to get at is is that we've got a different Carson Wentz than last year and that's you know blaringly obvious <laughs> but um like the point is is that he doesn't aside from that fumble 
he doesn't turn the ball over with any sort of consistency at all. Like, he's very protective of the ball. And when he misses, he doesn't miss into defender's arms. He misses, you know, you know what I'm saying? Misses wide open passes. Yeah, but he keeps it away from defenders. Well, yes. You know what I mean? I mean, the the stat that he broke, I mean, it was 135 consecutive passes without an interception. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. And that and that was just on a whoever the fuck wants it on the last throw of the game. That, yeah, he could have yeah. just held it and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. We were down by two touchdowns. I'm, I'm with Gale on it. It's a, it's a C plus grade. I, when I take a look at the fumble in the end zone, mm-hmm. stuff like that's going to happen, but you can't let it happen. Yeah. When I take a look at the uh, the overthrow on a beautiful play yeah. action setup yep. to Nelson Aguilar, was it Nelson Aguilar? Yep. Yes. And then when I think about the underthrow when there was nothing but Nelly. And green, green Space. grass in front of him. You know, that's seven right there. So, but also, too, I blame a lot of it on Doug. Yeah. Like, you should have been more aggressive. You know what was out there in the defensive backfield. You could have let Carson Wentz open up the playbook. And not for nothing, they came out of the, the second half, they came out no huddle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Carson Wentz always starts getting his tempo. He always starts getting his groove. He always starts feeling more confident when they go no huddle. They drove all the way down the field, and then to have that fumble just felt like, pfft, like that would, like, they just, ah, oh, fuck it. Whatever they thought in the locker room, whatever rah-rah speech, whatever adjustments they made, they come out, they, they go no huddle, they drive the ball right down the field, fumble it on the one, it's out the back of the end zone, Seattle ball, and that just, pfft, that yeah. was it. Do you, do you blame it more on uh, Carson being, like, se- seemingly a little bit rattled by Seattle's, like, uh, the 12th man, as they call him, or do you blame more of Doug Peterson's lack of, uh, of um, game planning? There, there was times that Wentz even said that there here was times that they were struggling trying to do an audible play and the players couldn't hear him. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think the 12th man definitely played a, pull, a toll on it for sure. I, I just feel like at the same time, I think Doug and uh, Wentz, like even Doug said uh, this past press conference, he said that they didn't practice well the whole week and before Seattle. Him. Yeah, that, that, that's that is, on that him. Is, that, that was doubling. I almost wish he didn't say it. Yeah. Because that's the more mm-hmm. concerning part. Even the fa- Kelsey, the fact that, Kelsey actually said it too. And Malcolm yeah. Jenkins kind of alluded to it, like, look, if you if you practiced and you gave it your all this week, you got nothing to worry about. He raves you, about practice every week, too. Yeah, when you've got players echoing a sentiment that should have never been spoken, that the coach made during the post-game press conference, like, that's concerning. Not only did you lose, now you're going to tell me and your players are going to echo it that they didn't have a good... That's what I talk about when you're smelling yourself. Listen, when you're feeling a little that. overconfident, I love the dancing. I love the electric slide on the sideline. I love the bowling in the end zone. I love the posing for pictures. But if but if you can't focus during the week, that is a fucking issue. Yeah. And you cannot go into the playoffs like that. That's almost the reason why I'm like, hey, good thing. Listen, I would have rather come out of there with a W, yeah. but it's not necessarily a bad thing that you got smacked in the mouth. It's the wrong time of the season to catch yourself slipping, man. And, and it's better that it happens during you, the regular season. But they caught season. themselves. Yes, I was going to say did. that. Yeah. Well, that's to be determined. Yeah, if they, if yeah, they catch yeah. themselves, that, that'll be determined on Sunday. I think, I think what really needs to step up is from Doug uh, is his play calling. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it can't get predictable. I, I don't know if he's, like, holding some things back. I mean, like, he ran shotgun the whole second half. Yeah. Um, I like to see him run from Carson under center. Remember back in the early parts of the season when you just had Carson under center and you had him giving it to Blunt and just going straight up the field? Yeah. Like, you, you can't just – you, you got to diverse – Diverse uh, the runs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to run out of shotgun. Mm. I mean, that shit gets old. And, and I, 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 felt, I feel like – 
teams start keying on um, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then, like, you could get, like, against um, Byron Maxwell, you can go basic and just say, I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to throw a slant. I'm going to mm-hmm. slant you to death all day long. Because yeah. my receivers are better. Right. Straight I mean, up, they're better. But that, I think the one thing is teams are trying to take away Zach Hurts in this offense. Yeah. And I think that's and the one thing. they did effectively. I think they're, that's the one thing that I see teams are now trying to take Hurts take out and make everyone else. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Hurts, he might not even play this week. Yeah, he, should, he, should be, he should be fine. Take Hurts oh, really? out. Yeah, put, they fine. put a spy on Wentz, and that, that's what did it. They, they kept an eye on him all game. They, they contained him. Evan, earlier you said that this might be the JHI game. Yes. I also think that this is the Doug Peterson game. Because this game is is not only going to be one. You think trick play? Well, no, no. What I'm what I'm saying is not only is this game going to be one on the field, it's going to be one on the sidelines as well. Yes. And Doug Peterson, like he did after the loss against Kansas City, has to have that man in the mirror moment. Like, look, this this is going to be on you. It's on you to make sure that these guys are prepared to play. Mm-hmm. It's on you to make sure that offense is taking advantage of the weaknesses of the defense. Mm-hmm. It's on you to be aggressive. It's on it's on you to not di- let the defense dictate what they're going to do to you, but rather you dictate what you're doing to the defense. It's on you to win the time of possession battle. It's on you to take advantage of the matchup. It's on you and on on Jim Schwartz's side of the ball. Listen, Goff is a system quarterback. He's a different quarterback under Jeff Fisher than he was under Sean, right? Not Mike, Sean <laughs> McVay. McVay has put implemented a smart, intelligent system that's tailor-suited for Jared Goff. But with that comes tendencies. Gail talked about it earlier. He's calling a play, then he's audibling when, it's, when the guy's in motion. With all that comes tendencies. You need to take Jared Goff out of this little cradle comfort zone that he's in, having Todd Gurley and having his coach in his ear mm-hmm. telling him what plays to run and right. when where to audible. Mm-hmm. If you give those different defensive looks, because, look, they're going to game plan to you. If you give them those different uh, defensive looks and you blitz, whatever it is you have to do, take Jared Goff out of his little baby comfort cradle zone. comfort zone that's on you. It's going to have everything to do with what goes on with the players. Carson Wentz needs to have a better game. He needs to uh, throw the ball on target. Uh, Jay Jai needs to block better. He needs to catch the ball better. Uh, everybody needs to play better. But more importantly than all of that, freaking Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz have got to coach this team up, get them back on track to get that swag back. I mean, shutting down uh, Todd Gurley is, is it. I mean, he's the second leading rusher in the NFL. You shut down Gurley. Uh, there's not really much after Gurley. Like, they don't have, you know, Austin yeah. Austin has had a, a down year. Uh, they have Cooper Cup. Uh, Sammy Watkins is their deep threat guy. Mm-hmm. He's averaging, like, 17 yards a catch. So a lot of his big plays come come on, like, screens or a deep bomb of some sort. But everything – uh, really works around that run game. So if you, you, you rattle that, then it's like, all right, Jared Goff, you beat us. And it, it, Schwartz, I, I believe he's he's, he's, a, he's a seasoned coach. He's, yeah. a, he's a veteran coach. He's got to know what to do to dial, dial up some, some pressure for uh, Goff. What I want to know is uh, where was the Doug Peterson that was wanting their players to pull their heads out of their ass? Where was he during practice this week? Because, like, if they had a bad week of practice, it sounds like he just, there was zero, like, he was feeling himself. They thought that they were riding too high, they'd be able to come in, and they could beat anybody. 
I don't think he uh, he had the right amount of pressure. A little, little bit of humble pie. A little bit of humble yeah. pie. And, and you know what tastes like shit on top of that humble pie? Humble pie don't taste good. No. I don't like it. Humble whipped cream? Well, the whipped cream, the toppings. Sprinkled with. Well, Marcus Smith <laughs> tweeting after the game, talk that shit. And that, aye, la- aye, aye. And that last interception, Byron, Byron fucking Maxwell. Maxwell. I mean, God. Again, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for this team. We, we, this entire hour, we've been pointing out every flaw that they had during that game, mm-hmm. what they should have done better, and why. We've got to tip our hats to the Seattle Seahawks. But just having that stacked on top of it, ugh. <laughs> ugh. Boy, that tasted like shit. Yeah. Well, it seems like every troll on Twitter... Was saving up their uh, in the drafts. Yeah, say, had that uh-huh. had the drafts wait, and they were ready to l- let it rip on uh, Eagles Twitter. But hey, you should you should have seen my mentions too. Um, shit must have been on fire. You should well. <laughs> it, it, listen, man, if you're gonna check out on this team after, uh, and and I don't, and I don't want to hear the fucking excuse of like, look, I'm just emotional during the game. If you're gonna tweet at me uh, during the game. I'm tired of putting stock in this team because they always let me down. Put them in a fucking bed. When your team's ten and two right now, and they're making a, a they're making a playoff run, and 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 they've had the top of the NFC, and I'm, I have every confidence in the world that they'll get back there. Like just fucking unfollow me, dude. <laughs> like like I I've got zero time and zero tolerance for that shit. Don't check out just because they lost to the Seahawks. Those are sky is falling people, man. And and it's over. And and I heard it on sports. It's overreaction Monday. Uh-huh. Oh, we can't beat anybody good. Worst. Here we go uh-huh. again. Stuff. Why like are you that. so mad, baby? Some people. Some people. I'm, I'm like, dude. Are you? Are you really an Eagles fan? Like, do you, you follow this team so closely, but you hate. Some of the player, like you just yeah. hate a lot of things about. Why do you watch the Eagles, bro? Self-loathing. Like, I, mean, I, 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 I don't get it. Something. I've had, you know, I've had the best time of my life as an Eagle fan this season. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long, it's been fucking a long time to feel this way and, and feel like confident yeah. and feel like what I'm seeing on the field is what I'm actually actually thinking, mm-hmm. and to see it come together in a big nice. Thanksgiving meal, you got uh, mm-hmm. Aguilar, the cranberry sauce over there. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the big, just, uh, it's like a great meal. Like, everybody is bringing something to the table. See, that's where I'm going. I got you, I got you. Okay. And to see it all come together, <laughs> Aguilar, the cranberry Cr- sauce. Cr- Cragular? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the jive-ass turkey? Um, no, but listen, that's why I'm I'm so anxious to go out there, and, and Gail touched that on, on it earlier. I'm so anxious to go out there and see these West Coast Eagles fans. Because mm-hmm. not only do the Eagles fans travel well, man, they've got, they've got people all over the place. Mm-hmm. And every time you see one of those West Coasters come east... Boy, and they're in. They're just looking. They're looking at Lincoln Financial Field in the parking lot, and they've just got a twinkle in their eye like it's Christmas morning. <laughs> and they don't get to see their Eagles often. Yeah. And when they come out west, it's like a it's like a holiday for them. I know they're going to be passionate. I know they're going to be on fire. I know they're going to be revved up, and they're going to do everything in their power, including us with the Green Legion, to turn that stadium mm-hmm. into a home game. Yeah. And Sean, not Mike McVeigh, uh, might want to start using a silent count because it is. You you think what we did to the Chargers was impressive? That stadium only seats about thirty thousand folks. Mm-hmm. I know the, where the, the Rose Rams, Bowl. the yeah. Rose Bowl seats about ninety thousand. Yeah. Again, I expect Beautiful it to stadium. be a seventy thirty split. So I'm not going to do the math, 
but you do the math, and you tell me how many Eagles fans that, that that stadium for the first time might sell out for 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 an NFL home game this year. <laughs> it would be absolutely even insane. Sean McVay even said he's preparing for this game for the silent snap count. He, he said in his press conference today, he said he's preparing for that. Is it possible That's... that there's more Eagles fans there than in an Eagles home 100%. game? You know oh yeah, I'll bet my paycheck. I bet my paycheck. That is crazy. <laughs> It'll be a home away game, right? Exactly. It's going to be nuts. And West Coast Eagles fans, I love you. But yeah. as, I, as I come out to the, uh, to the West Coast, just a couple pieces of advice, all right? This is, some, this is two things that drove me nuts watching the Chargers game. First of all, nobody in Philadelphia goes, let's go, Eagles. Love the passion, love the energy, love the fact that you were all able to do it in unison, but let's get the E-A-G-L-E-S. It's not a Flyers that's, game. That's a baseball chant. Right yeah, there. yeah, that's a baseball chant. I know you guys got the Dodgers out there. <laughs> We're going to work on that. We'll, we'll help co- us, us Philadelphia folk. We'll help coach you up on that. Number two, shut the fuck up when the offense is on the field. All right? Shush. Shush when the offense is on the field. I, you know, that kind of struck me when we were down there in uh, Washington for week one. How noisy they were. Like, after a big play, you cheer. They break the huddle. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should be able to hear a guy fart 20 rows down from you while that offense lines up for the snap. I should be able to hear kill, kill, kill all the way up in 226 and 225 where my season tickets are. It should be a, a quiet as a church in there as that offense is running. So cheer, then shut the fuck up. We're going to teach you how to do a proper <laughs> Eagles chant. We should do a post, uh, uh, proper etiquette when the Eagles are playing. It was sort of weird because you never see a stadium taken over like that. And it's not the local fans. But, but again, I love the passion. I love the energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, that's why we're coming out. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna coach you up on this stuff. We're going to pull a Dougie P. All right? We're going to put some loving on you. And we're going to get you focused on what you got to do to get a W versus the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Bakersfield uh, Eagles group on uh, on Facebook. Yo, uh, they, yeah. They added me on, into their group. Uh, a lot of a lot of diehard, man, uh, Eagle fans, man. Mm-hmm. The Bakersfield group, they'll be party, uh, partying up in uh, Lot lot 6. Is that where it's at? I have no idea. Yeah, I think I believe Lot 6. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with the Green Legion, unfortunately, which is why, listen, take advantage of this YouTube uh, thing on, on Friday. Because that, that's going to be like the big chunk of free time I have to go and, and then just meet people and do videos with you and everything like that. I love the Cali Eagles fans. They are so passionate. I love it. They're my people. They're my people. I can't wait to be out on Venice Beach. You Same. teach them how to do Eagles chants. They tell you how to get a medical card without getting scammed. <laughs> yeah, without it's an scared. even trade. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> one hand washes the other. Exactly. I love it. All right, let's get uh, – man, we were rolling through it. We're rolling through it. Let's get to the Twitter questions with Mike, sir. All right, Fire let's away. do it with uh, our first question from our good friend, Big Shirley. He says, what will Zomp ever just shut the fuck up on Twitter? That is an That's excellent a no. question. That's a no. That's a, I don't think it will ever happen. Wait, but I love the Zomps. He's a man. man of many opinions, and he's not afraid to share them. Listen, the Zomps that told you guys, all right? I told you guys not to get too excited. Y'all started talking about the Super Bowl word, okay? And I told you it was a jinx. It's reverse psychology. You start talking about Super Bowl, it's going to cut you. You should have listened to the Zompster when you had the chance. But no, here we are. And at the end of the season, the Z- you're going to see once again that the Zompster is right, and the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl. Listen, Zomp, you've been right since 1960. <laughs> like, man, we haven't won a championship since then. Will the Zomster ever shut up? Part of me hopes so, 
Part of me knows no! it's, not, it's never no! going to happen, and part of me doesn't want to because it's way too much fun to make those fake zomp videos on Twitter. All right, we got another question from Shirley. This is part two. He said, in a serious note, do you see the front four specifically responding after Wilson running wild last game? Ooh, I think they do respond. Anger. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Brandon, Brandon Graham had a great game yes. last, last mm -hmm. week. I so mean, Barnett? Barnett. Uh, he almost broke Wilson. Well, when he hit Wilson, <laughs> he I was like, crippled him. this motherfucker got up. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I mean, he can I, do everything. I mean, Jared Goff is no Russell Wilson. They've got to uh, rattle I think that's going to happen. You start getting into that guy's head, you start taking him out of his system, out of that little baby cradle. Listen, I know the defense wants the tee off. They've, you have to be hungry after taking an L like that. Mm -hmm. And just to touch on what you said about Brandon Graham, isn't it interesting, like a side storyline that got buried underneath so many other storylines? How many years have we said we should have taken Earl Thomas mm -hmm. over Brandon Graham? Listen, guilty. Guilty okay. as fuck sitting yeah. right here. The Earl Thomas, Brandon Graham debate. Brandon Graham's got eight sacks right now. Yeah. Here's a guy who never puts up like huge numbers, but is always hustling. I've been, I'm wrong on Brandon. I've been wrong on Brandon Graham for the first four years of his career. But now all of a sudden you look at it, and yeah, Earl Thomas is a quality safety. I don't know where this defense or defensive line more specifically would be without 55 in there. Mm -hmm. I, th I think honestly, you were, you were, we were just talking about it a minute ago. We we're talking about how Jared Goff has uh, McVeigh in his ear before the play uh, to tell him what audible to call. Well, how mentally strong does that show? How like how Jared Goff is? Like he's, it's not his brain that's working the game. It's no. the coaches. So well, if, if if you go into uh, Jared Goff's house and overload him with Eagles fans. I think he's going to be rattled. Yeah. I think he's going to be a little bit shaky. But it is interesting to see the difference between, you know, poor coaching and really offensive-minded football. Yeah. Like the difference between Jeff Fisher, who's <laughs> been in the league forever but yeah. gets a shot every season to coach, and then McVay comes in here and puts implements his system more suiting to Goff, and he looks like a completely different player. Mm -hmm. So it really tells you what the system's marrying to the players, how important that is. Um, but yeah, Car Carson Wentz is a not a product of the system. Carson Wentz is a product of Carson Wentz. He's an elite player. Jared Goff is a product of the system. Yes. We have two sample sizes with Jeff Fisher and with Sean, not Mike McVay. All right, to where we can see the difference. Take him out of his system. Let that defensive line tee off on him. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We were also talking about Brandon Graham a second ago. Did you guys hear that? Uh, Brand Graham is resisting signing a new uh, extension yeah. with the Eagles. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that at all? No, I did not. Pro Football Talk, uh, they said their sources are saying that Brand Graham has been pushing back on the efforts to income a new contract for extending home for a few more years. So he, so he might want to get more money. How, how, how long is he currently on the contract? Why not? Uh, it's still uh, 2018. Uh, he says earning 6.5 million salary this year. Next year he'll be due 6.75 million. And then he'll also be 31 years old. When but, the but then you, you sign a contract early. At the end of the season, he gets. What if he racks up like 10 this sacks in the next. True. You know, true. for each one of those sacks is some extra cash. So yeah. I'm going to wait. He's already a millionaire. Are you worried, though, that he might leave, though, for nah, free agency? I'm not, not worried. Nah. I'm not worried. Right. We, we, we don't have to worry about that. Not even going into next season. Yeah. You know what I mean? We you, got him locked see, under another year. Yeah, we got him locked under another year. There's a lot that can happen from now until then. And he's never struck me as like, just like he hustles on the field, but he doesn't get the numbers all the time. I think Howie Roseman in this front office, if Howie you Capiro. prove it, 
will will reward you. Speaking of how, we freaking extended Alshon Jeffrey. Justin just put up a sign that says he wants uh, Vernon money. 17, 17 a season? Yeah, okay. That's a bit steep. No way. <laughs> that's a bit fucking steep. Yeah, no well, way. Ma- well, maybe that's why they, they, they drafted Barnett in the first round. If that, another one, you rich motherfucker! If that's the money you want, deuces. By, <laughs> by the way, Derek Barnett has five sacks. I predicted eight. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's money. For a rookie to come in, get five sacks, playing You got another free agency minimal. period. You got another draft coming up. Hey. You have a lot of time to decide what you want to do with Brandon Graham. And you, you said it. When he signs that extension, he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. Right. So, there you go. All right, I got another question from our, our good friend Lacey. She says, uh, there's been a lot of heat surrounding who to blame for a loss. Who are your pers- what are your personal takes on that? Who do you mostly blame on Sunday? Doug. I go, I go, I go, Doug, and then I go Carson Wentz. Yeah, I go, Carson, I go 60-40. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean Carson Wentz. You're the quarterback of the team. You quarterback, you got to take the hit on the chin if you are not uh, playing up to your, uh, you know, skill set. Carson Wentz missed a couple plays. Again, we talked about the overthrow, the underthrow, and the fumble out the end. Those are three plays that you can specifically look at Carson Wentz and be like, dude, the fuck. Yeah. Doug Peterson missed a lot more plays than just three. Yep. I mean, that offensive game plan in the entire first half was garbage. Yep. So, yeah, Carson Wentz, listen, I'm not going to be a Carson Wentz apologist. He's got to play better. He's got to make those throws. He's got to complete those passes. He's got to move the ball down the field, and he's got to get in the end zone without fumbling the ball. But, Doug, he's on you. Get, get that playbook right. Get, get that playbook right. Get that offensive game plan right. And for the love of fucking God, get your players' minds right. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> got another question from uh, at that guy. He says, which NFC team are you most worried about facing in the playoffs? The Vikings. Vikings? The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Mine's the Saints. Why? The Kamara, Drew Brees, and Kamara Ingram Brees. are a problem. And that defense is showing up as well this year. I, I, I just feel the Saints Kamara's are going to be our biggest third round issue. pick, man. Yeah. I did. I did a video with uh, Braxton Howard, one of the writers at Fourth and John. He, he, he put his like biggest threats, uh, and he came down with the, uh, the with the uh, Saints. And I kind of I kind of agreed with him in the sense that you don't want to see a seasoned veteran quarterback in the playoffs like Drew Brees. Got a quick release, one of the quickest releases. He has a screen game out the ass with Kamara. It has a running game with. Um, Mark Ingram, um, and if they play defense, you don't you you don't want to get a shootout with uh, Drew Brees. Um, I, I think the Vikings are beatable. You shut Case Keenum is that's yeah, that, good defense. The defense is is pretty good, but our defense is pretty fucking <laughs> good too. And no concerns about maybe the Seattle Seahawks who we just lost to in the playoffs. <laughs> I just fucking hope we don't play those. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. The Russell Wilson who just literally put on a magic show against us on Sunday Night Football. No, at, no worries. At the, li- at the link. If they're at the link, we're Listen, at the You bring the Panthers to the link. You bring the Seahawks to the link. Bring the Rams, especially the Rams to the link. Uh, I think it's between the Saints and the Vikings. I just, I, again, I don't. If we were to go to the NFC Championship game, I do not want to play that game in fucking Minnesota. No, man. I do not <laughs> want to play that. Yeah, that's that's just too familiar and too much to overcome against a good defense. Being, uh, forget. Ugh. This, I agree with everything you said with the Saints, though. Okay, that works. I right, got another <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, we got another question from at Jersey Girl Twenty-One. She says, "What is your biggest Twitter pet peeve?" Ooh. I had. I still have to think about this one. Yeah. Biggest Twitter pet peeve. Anybody want to go before I go on a little tangent? <laughs> <laughs> tangent away, man. 
Uh, biggest Twitter pet peeve is probably when uh, the uh, do you get this scale like when people like tweet you their tweets in the DMs like people send you a DM with just their tweet. I like, get those. Like what the oh, fuck? Yeah. What, what the fuck am I supposed to do with? Okay, it's just how free tweet to spread the word or shit like that. I'm like, okay. I, I, I would I mean, say I would say it's people in the DMs. I got enough problem keeping track of my notifications. I, I would say it's it, it's it's a the people in the DMs who send me their tweets and are like, hey, can you retweet this? There's sometimes where I'll do it. Philly Team Store always asks me for a yeah, retweet and yeah. stuff like that. Whatever, I'll help you out, local business, whatever. But just the real random, like, bad memes that, like, people will ask you to retweet. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, like, people come into DMs and be like, hey, man, there's this Cowboys fan talking so much shit. Man, you should, you should tell them what's up. And I check, like, the follower count, the Cowboys fans got like 25 followers. Like, why would Where's I even team? engage? Yeah. Why would I even engage in that kind of? You know how the conversation is going to turn out. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure my followers don't want to see me arguing back and forth, <laughs> back and forth with people. Or yeah. uh, like, or like people on Twitter <laughs> going back with uh, like, there's some tweets I say like months ago, and then they then they recently search your tweet and be like, really? oh, I that was right. You? Really? Yeah, that I get that you? quite a damn bit. Damn. It's annoying as hell. When people want to pull up old tweets from hot take when the when these freezing cold takes when the yeah when these uh, fake football analysts who put NFL at the end of their name to yes, make you them did. sound a little better and are hot take machines because they keep retweeting pro football focused stats and come out with so many hot takes that they're wrong on 70% of them oh, but the one they were right they're going to go back in January and pull up your old shit and say <laughs> see I told you so listen if that's it everybody's got their twitter niche right if that's your game where you're the analyst, you you want to be a Key or you want to be that Fahey jerk Key off, Fahey, yeah. Key and Fahey jerk off, where you sit there and be a self-proclaimed quarterback guru. You don't watch the games, you just look at the actual numbers, and you want to spit out hot takes. Fucking stick to that. But if you want to come to me and start talking shit about how you were right back in January on a Nelson Aguilar take when everybody was down on Nelson Aguilar but you were the smartest guy in the room and you want to come in with a snarky ass comment and talk shit now you're in my wheelhouse motherfucker oh so you so you better get yeah you better slow your roll hey, start spit back just went flying there <laughs> sorry i'm i'm spitting fire Hot. right now. i got a little rattle today yeah. i got a little rattle Hot today fire all right Gail, what's what's your what's your twitter pet peeve hey, uh Mine's out of left field. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot. I mean, I, I just feel like when people just get out of line and, like, attack people for no reason, it yeah. just doesn't, like, like get, I don't know. Getting worked up over nothing. Just some people, I feel like some people are actually really bipolar and don't yeah. fucking realize it. So you're talking but about, like, like be specific, like, talking about during, not, not who, but, like, just, during the game, Just the bipolar negativity. tweets. Like, some people are fucking bipolar and don't realize that they're fucking crazy sometimes with their tweets and then when people come at them you know you just gotta just the timeline can get crazy sometimes and people don't realize what they're actually saying especially sometimes. eagles twitter yeah. I, I, I forget i forget whether it was chizzy or somebody tweeted early on monday morning so uh what time did we all start arguing <laughs> and it was like not now o'clock it's now o'clock that's uh, let's fucking go <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's another like listen i don't check in on giants twitter i don't check in on redskins twitter uh-huh. dallas cowboys twitter but i don't think there's a fan base that argues more internally yeah. than the eagles and that's that's passion that's right there yeah. broken family you know one guy, Rigo man. on Twitter, Rigo the Cowboys fan on Twitter. That, 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 that's Tommy's fucking boys. Oh going my at. god, he was going nuts after we lost Sunday I, night. I, I, I love Rigo for this reason and this reason only. 
when anytime Rigo tweets you with some fucking bullshit anti-Eagles tweet, you can go back and search keywords that it's the same thing that they were saying last year about the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So if he gives you some shit take about the Eagles and how well they're doing right now, go back and it's the same fucking thing how he was puffing. And you can screenshot them. I have a new thing on Twitter. Like, I love the four-picture story timeline. I also love a brief story by Rigo. <laughs> and it's something where he tweeted anti-Eagles, and it's the same fucking thing that he said that was pro-Cowboys. Feel free to do that at home. I'm sure it drives them nuts. Yes. All right, we got another question from at no one like DR boy DC Daryl. He says, "If we were due for a humbling loss on a nine-game win streak, a nine-game win streak, do you think the Vikings are due for a regular season or playoff loss soon?" I think that, that. it has to happen. I mean, if, if I you, mean, if you want to get first round, I mean, if you get uh, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers back, mm. yeah. you know, he's been dying to play. Yeah. If you, you, you catch an L from them. I think I think their losses at Carolina. I think they're going to lose to the Panthers Sunday. I I, I just had that feeling that Carolina is going to come up and just you know they're at home. I just feel like they're going to rattle Case Keenum on since Sunday. He, since he's sticking it to the Steelers last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was a rough that was game a crazy game. That was a crazy game. Not only from the penalty standpoint, how. Did you notice when that game ended? It was like midnight. Yeah. Because it was so many delays and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's Shazier. And, and, God, and, and God prayers blast, up to, to Ryan Shazier. No, listen, it's, it is a harsh reminder of how difficult or how dangerous, rather, this game can be. And no matter how you tweak the rules and make it safer for players, shit like that is going to happen. Yeah. There was nothing dirty about it. It was a routine tackle. And, you know, he had a spinal cord, cord contusion. And I'm not a fucking doctor. But that don't sound too good. Nah, we need too fucking easy in here to uh, evaluate that. Yeah, we need we need Doctor <laughs> Doug. He's, he's gonna be he's gonna be all right though, right? Uh, for, I, I, they're waiting for the swelling to go down. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I read that within the next twenty four to forty eight hours is the crucial time as to whether he's gonna get like movement back in his legs or not. That is, that is, that That's is a scary, so scary fucking yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, like man. you're out there, he's trying to get his team one step closer to the Super Bowl, and then he leaves. He might not even fucking walk again, man. Like that is. I mean, that's reality that's when people heavy, are, like bro. fans out here are bitching about like a player trying to get extra money. Yeah, like it's it's a violent game. Yeah. And if you've never played football before, I mean, you you're really putting your life on the line for some fucking entertainment for some douchebag on a couch that, who doesn't even appreciate <laughs> what the fuck you're doing. So un- un- unpopular take. I had no problem with the juju shoes. Sh- Hell no, dude. No. I had no problem with the juju. Everybody was talking about. There's no place in the in the in the in the game for that. Yeah, the announcers are going nuts, and we can't have this in the game. I'm like, the, the Burfick was eyeing up the running back. He had to block somebody. Yeah, and it, that was the closest guy who was going to make the up. tackle. If you're not only not only did he jack him up, but all of a sudden you see that's number 55 on the ground. What's Shit. up, motherfucker? Yeah, I might have done the same exact <laughs> exactly. thing. I just laid out. This guy? Yeah. I just laid out. You guarantee <laughs> I'm standing over. He's a, he's a known uh, offender. Of, asshole. Like, people yeah. out. He's a known asshole. He's like in Dama Kung Su. I mean, like he's just an asshole. I mean, in my in my office, I have a blown up photo of what, what? Chuck Chuck Bednarik yeah. standing over a knocked out. Um, What's his name? Frank Gifford. Yep. So I mean, I was like, yeah, that's. that's I know. I know it's an unpopular take, and some people will agree. And Juju with me. got I, suspended. I had, I had, I had, I had one, one no problem with that hit, 
and yeah, it might have been taunting, but sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for yeah. it, mm-hmm. and you better take those opportunities, because they yeah. are rare. Totally worth it. I mean, after Shazier went down, it was like a weird thing with the injuries, so yeah, I think yeah, for yeah, him yeah. to... Stand above that. That was just kind of time was for. But if it's on another different stage, yeah. oh, wide receiver laying out that big. It's awesome, yeah. bro. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Good for them. All right, we're going. To, since we have four minutes left, we're going to the Twitter poll, and then the Twitter poll was: Does the loss to the Seahawks change your outlook on the Eagles' chances for the Super Bowl? And then I want everybody in the room to answer. Seventy-eight percent of people say no, and I totally agree with them. If it was, if we lose to the Rams. Then, then, story. It, then it's a complete different story. We're having a different Twitter poll next week if we lose to the Rams. But you go ahead and you and you, and you beat those Rams? Uh-huh. All right, listen. I, again, if you were to tell me in the beginning of the season, at this point, the Eagles would be 10-2, and two, I'd sign up for that all day, every day. If you were to tell me that going out to the West Coast, the last five games of the season, this West Coast trips, that you were going to split it, and I prefer you lose against the Seahawks rather than the Rams because I feel like those, for seeding purposes, are going to be more important, Definitely. I would have signed up for that too. So I, nobody, nobody in this room likes what happened during the Seahawks game. But I don't think that really should deter us based off of the sample size of the other games that they gave us. Mm-hmm. That should deter you from thinking that this team is anything other than what they are, and that is a 10-2 and two team. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say no. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, f- I'm fucking flying out there to see this, this game and see it in person. This is the kind of game you can't just sit back on your couch. You just want to... Do the backstroke in it. I think this is so important for this this team to like actually get over this hump and, and show what kind of team they are. I, I think you know, sky's the limit. Still, I still think after all these games that we watched this season, we have yet to see a perfect game from this team. And we're ten and two. You're right. You're absolutely. So right. if this team puts it together perfectly, you know, it doesn't normally happen every week. Uh, but it's, hey, sky's the limit, dude. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Gil. I, I don't think um, – I opened up the show saying the sky is not falling, and that's exactly how I feel. If, Like you said, if they come out and they come out slow against uh, the Rams and they lose that game, then I'm going to get a little a little trepidation. But <laughs> as of right now, I mean, like you said, eh? like we, we've got enough of a sample size. We have absolutely been rolling teams. Just one loss is not going to convince yeah. me that we're not the team I've been seeing all season long. Just man up, man. Man up with yeah. your fucking feelings. We're 10 and 2. Just relax. Shit happens. Just relax. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again as I said it in the intro. All right? Character is not. This team has character, they've shown it all season. But character is not defined on how you behave when times are good. When you're blowing teams out, when you're celebrating in the end zone. Character is measured about how you react and respond to adversity and how you get off the mat after you take an L and get knocked down. So let's teach these LA fans a little something about an Eagles chair. You LA fans got that? No! No! Finish him! Pop his couch! He wasn't ready! It doesn't matter! You can't handle the truth! We're all hiding here. Find another one, you rich motherfucker! Lot of mercy. How about this, Cowboy? Alright, right. right, uh, let's regroup here. Let's regroup. Um. <laughs> It's a kapooyah, kapooyah!
stay off the weed.